an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All you do is obey what the God tells you to do, obey the word of God, and things seem to line up in your, in your life. It's like, you know, he just told you, you just step out and do it. God never taught me how to pastor before I became one. He waited until I became one. And then it was go as you learn and step as you step and do as you do and daily learning and hourly learning. And because you don't know what you're going to run into once you step into it. It's not like he can show you everything that you're going to run into. So when God nudges your heart basically by the Spirit of God, say the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Basically, you just need to follow what that still small voice is telling you on the inside of you. Because when you do that and you're obedient to it, God will back it up then. And you say, well, I don't know how to do that. Chances are you won't. I mean, no, that might be the scary part. I mean, no, we want to figure everything out, don't we? Well, when I get it figured out, I'll do it. Well, then you're never going to go anyplace in God because God just tells you what to do. And then basically, as you do it, you learn how to do it. See, as you press into the Word, as you listen to the Spirit of God, basically, you go step by step by step because your destiny is already complete with God. That's right. That's right. In other words, your final destiny is already good, good with God. God ain't wondering whether your destiny is. He knows what your destiny is. Your destiny is not out here. It's not in tomorrow. Your destiny is in here. It's on the inside of you. And what God placed on the inside of you the day that you got born again and came into the kingdom of God, now he slowly draws out of you what's already been put in you. If you think you need something else from God, you're wasting your time because you've got everything that you'll ever need from God already on the inside of you. You've got the anointing, you've got the power, you've got the authority, you've got the know-how, you've got the wisdom, you've got the knowledge, you've got the truth. It's already in there. But if you do not pursue the spiritual realm and tap into the spiritual realm, that'll sit in there and it will die on the inside of you. I told you the most prosperous place in this world is a cemetery. Because in that cemetery are books that were never written, sermons that were never preached, ministries that were never done, things in people's life that they were put here to do they did not do because they did not pursue the kingdom of God first. They pursued the things of this world first. And pursuing the things of this world, they got trapped up in it. Years went by. How many know years go by fast enough? I mean, my God, you wake up and you're 20 and you go back to bed and you're 30 and then it's 40 and then it's 50 and pretty soon you're up and up and up. So notice every day that you spend here, you don't want to be wasting any more time. You can't get it back. It's not like something you got. I got a million dollars I'm going to buy last month back. It doesn't work that way. So praise God, there's stuff in your heart that were put there by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And the Spirit of God, slowly as you pursue Him, draws out your destiny out of the inside of you. And when you start walking in the right direction, say the right direction, there will be peace that passes understanding no matter what happens on the way there. If you don't have any peace, it's because you're not going in the right direction and you're not pursuing what God has called you to do to begin with. You can watch other people and learn from other people, but you're not other people. My God, when I first got in there, I was so excited that I got born again and got delivered from alcohol. My God, was I excited. I was, woo-hoo, was I excited. So I turn on the TV and there's Benny Hinn. Well, praise God, he's throwing his coat at people. I'm going to get me a coat. My God, if he throws it, knocks people down, I'll rub on mine a little bit. Who knows? It may work, may not work. And then, and then I ran into Rodney Howard Brown and that guy was way out there. He's got people laughing and screaming and hollering and stuck to the floor and this and that. And I said, my God, that looks like fun too. I'd sort of like to have a little bit of that. Praise God also, you know. And then I saw Christian Harfoos. Different animal all the way around. I mean, you've got three people and they're all different animals. 
I mean, Harfus was something else. Harfus is walking up to people and just shouting at them. And my God, they'd fly back like 13 rows of chairs. And I'm saying, "Woo, that's powerful too. I said, I want to go to their meeting. So bless God, I did. I went to Rodney's meeting and we went to Benny Hinn's. That was our home church. We lived here and that was our home church for over two years. We drove up to Orlando every weekend. We went in the morning service and the night service, drove home about midnight, two, three o'clock in the morning, threw the kids in bed, went to work, did whatever we have to do because I was hungry for what I saw. Come on, I was hungry that there was something there, and I was pursuing what I knew other people had that I wanted to get. The Bible says, seek and you shall. I was reading that scripture one day, and God says, what does that scripture say? I said, seeks and you shall find. And he says, what do you think it says? I said, well, I think it says, seek and you shall find, if that's what it says. He said, no, what do you really think? I said, it thinks, seek and I shall get. So in other words, I seek it enough, God's going to give it to me, not knowing that I already had it, and all I had to do was find it. That's deep right there. I hope you're getting that. I hope you're getting some of that. Because the peace you want is not something you get. It's something you will find. The joy that you want is not something you will get. It's something you will find. The power of God is not, praise God, something that you seek. It's something that you will find. Because it's already on the inside of you. And even now, the Spirit of God is talking to you right now. He's talking to you about the power of God that's on the inside of you and the destiny that's on the inside of you. And this isn't new to you. This is something he's already whispered to you. But she said, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. And you're not able to do that. But the Spirit of God who's on the inside of you has the thing designed, and he will show you step by step by step. And you say, I'm scared, join the club. Join the I'm Scared Club, but I tell you, the Spirit of God put everything on the inside of you to fulfill whatever God is calling you to do in this day and hour, because there's young people that are being touched and being raised up right now, and they're coming out of this world system because there's nothing in there for them at this time, and they're getting a little glimpse of what could be. So praise God, all at once I found, I, did, I didn't need what Rodney had, I had what Rodney had. Yes. I didn't need what Benny Hinn had, I had what Benny Hinn had. I didn't need their ability to preach, I had the ability to preach on the inside of me. Was it different? Yes, thank God. How many of you don't, you don't want 40 Benny Hens? You certainly don't want 40 Tom Karras's. So everybody's different, but everybody's got their way of doing it. But by you stepping out of the things of God and everybody in here, you've got a call. That's right. Sorry. Maybe you're not in a five-fold ministry, but there is a call of God that's on your life that God is speaking to you right now. And I mean, he was whispering, whispering, but now he's talking loud. He's talking very loudly now. He wants you to hear what he's got to say. No matter how much clutter you've been in, I don't care what your past is. It doesn't make any difference what problems you had in the past. God doesn't care about your past. He cares about your future. And if you don't let those baggage go, you can't go through. They're too heavy for you to get into the next thing. Forgiveness is real. You say, hey, I screwed up, man. I, I, 30 years of my life, I was drinking alcohol. I was out carousing. I was out doing nothing with God. Didn't care about God. Didn't care about church. Didn't care about anything. But that one day, I could start all over again. Woohoo! Fresh, new day, just like I'd not lived the first 30 years of my life, praise God. And I wasn't going back, see? I've been with people who are on fire for God for a while. When I got out, I went to a Holy Ghost church, and there were people there who were so on fire, and they were mentoring me and everything else. And as time went on, say, as time went on, they ended up right back into things of the world. Now they're not pursuing God. Their marriages have fallen apart. Some of them have committed suicide. Some other ones are all messed up. I'm telling you what, there's a better way to live for you. There's an anointing in here this morning. And the same anointing that's on my life is on your life. The same Holy Ghost on the inside of me is on you. The Bible says you have an unction. You need to learn to function in the unction. 
So you can have all the tools that God gives you, but it's up to you to put those tools to work. That's why God has blessed you the way he has. He wants you to have the responsibility. I know that's like cussing in the church. (laughs) But there's a responsibility for you to do in your own life. You can't blame God for where you're at right now. Can't blame God what hasn't worked out, what hasn't. No, no. He's given you every tool that you need to become whatever you need to be, and whatever he wants you to be is already on the inside of you. And one of the things you're going to have to learn, you are going to have to pursue the word of God. And right now, man, I'm telling you on Facebook and all over the place, there are prophecies galore. If you want a prophecy, they're not hard to find. Just push a button and they are everywhere. And 90% of them are contradicting each other even. So if you're going to live by prophecy, you're going to be one confused person before this is over with. Is there prophecy? Yes, there is. Is there good prophecy? Yes. Is there bad prophecy? Oh, amen. Yes, there is. Praise God. So I'm going to live by this book right here. When trouble comes, like we sang this morning, I'm going to praise the Lord. This is a day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I run into a problem. I'm going to praise the Lord. I run into a situation. I'm going to praise the Lord. I don't need a word to get out of it. I'm going to praise my way right out of that thing, praise God, like the Bible says that I can. You got financial difficulties? Obey the word of God. I beg of you. Find out. I'm going to be talking Wednesday night on the wisdom of God. I'm telling you what, the Bible says it's more precious than rubies. It's more precious than gold. And the Bible says that wisdom is crying out in the street. In other words, wisdom saying, don't be stupid anymore. Come to the word of God and find out how kingdom life really operates. And when you step into the kingdom of God, when you step into the laws of God, when you change your way of thinking, when you're no longer conformed to this world but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, when you're starting to think like God where his ways are now your ways, his thoughts are now your thoughts, you and God are now co-laboring together. And whatever you do, there's success there. You can be successful in every single area of your life. And it's very important that you are. For God's sake. Not only for your sake, he made you. He doesn't want to make you and then see you fail. He wants to make you and see you succeed. The Bible says he takes delight and pleasure in your success. Now that helped me. Because I was always taught he was the one trying to keep me from not succeeding. He's the one going to hold you down. He's the one going to beat you up. My God, don't make a mistake. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And all that kind of stuff when you're raised up in that religious background. One day I found out his success is my success. And the more successful I am, the more successful he is. Come on, if I, if I own Toyota... And I made Toyota cars, and one of the cars didn't work. I'll tell you what, that would be a blemish on me. Are you following me? So God says, man, I put your image. I mean, I opened up my cell phone. I has got that goofy little apple with somebody apparently took a bite out of it or something. I don't know if that <laughs> represents Adam and Eve or what it represents, but the little apple on there, what is that? Their image of apple. So apple, anything that they make, they want that thing to succeed. Because if they don't, I'll tell you what, they'll tell you, you just put it right back in the box. You just mail it. We'll pay the postage on that thing. You get, we'll fix it for free, and we'll get you a brand new one. Why is that? Because they're covering their namesake. And it's the same way with God, praise God. The Bible says you were created in the image. Mm -hmm. See, when God takes out his cell phone, he opens it up, there's a little image of you on there. Might not have a bite out of you, but it's on there. (laughs) Because I was created in the image of God. So the more I succeed, the more he sees to be a good God. The more he sees to be a God who's a creator, who knows what he's doing, who knows how he can create things that are actually going to be successful in their daily lives. So it's very important for us to succeed. And when I found out it was important for God to succeed, it made it a lot better because I knew God was on my side. If you think God's against you this morning, you in trouble. Because he's not. He's for you. He's for your ministry. He's called you what to do. And he's given you the spirit of the living God. My God, if we just spent any time 
thinking about the Spirit of God, being aware about the Spirit of God. We're aware about what's going on over here. We're aware about what's going on over here, what's happening over here, what's on the TV, what's out here, what's there. But how aware of you are somebody who's on the inside of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Somebody who's trying to lead you and guide you in every little thing that you do. Someone who's trying to show you how to invest, how to do things, how to not to do things, how to keep your health where your health is supposed to be. God don't want you sick. He wants you healed. He wants you totally healed. Why? Because you can't fulfill your destiny if you're sick. And he needs your destiny fulfilled at this time, basically, because it's all part of his big plan. Praise God. You just weren't dropped out of heaven at this time. You know, they weren't shaking stuff up like when they tried to get gold and you fell through the loop and you came down here. He, he put you here for this specific time, right here, this time period. This 60, 70, 80 years, he put you here. And he put you here because there's something that needed done in this day and in this hour, and your job is just to find out what that is, say yes to God, and start walking in that direction. And as you do that, the anointing will start to flow on the inside of you. Thoughts and dreams will start to come to you, showing which way to go, show you not which way to go. But the problem is, if the vision's on the inside of you, other people do not have that same vision. So you got to watch who you go to. Come on, I'm called to be a pastor. Pastor what? Pastor of a church. Have you ever preached before? No. Ever read the Bible? Just started. Do you belong to a domination? Yes. Well, I had to get a white collar. I had to go to seminary for eight years. I had to do whatever then, praise God. But that wasn't it. There was something on the inside of me. And it's hard to find people. It's hard to find people who can see past you and see you. Because once they see the real you on the inside, they know what you're saying because most stuff you're saying sounds like it's crazy you know there was a long time when when Latasha was called to preach and Ben were called to preach and Latasha deep inside maybe deep deep inside (laughs) knew that she was called to preach but everybody else didn't really say oh Latasha you're going to be powerful they were saying you can't preach you can't do nothing women don't preach so basically she just walked around like this and every now and then she'd have a little splurt say splurt (laughs) How I many you know every now and then you can have a Holy Ghost accidental splurt? <laughs> Come on, you know. All at once you tap into it and something good happens. You say, Woohoo! That was good, but I ain't doing that again. That may not work. Though. That was good for a little bit, but I ain't going to do that again. That's just enough for me. One splurt a week is enough. I've got a one splurt policy. No, but on the inside of her, all the time it's turning. All the inside of it's gone. All the inside. So one time she came up for prayer, and I just looked at her and said, you're called to preach, praise God. Now get with the program. And what was it? It was a witness. Say a witness. witness. I didn't really prophesy. I didn't do anything. I just laid hands on her, and I felt like that's what I should say. And when I did, it triggered on the inside of her that somebody knew what she knew, and she didn't know that they knew, but now they knew that she knew by the Spirit of God who knew that everybody knows what they know because they knew what she knew that she now knows. That'll be $1,000 on the tape back there if you want to repeat it again. See, you're going to run into somebody who's going to know. You're going to run into somebody spiritual enough to be thinking about someone else other than their own problems and their own situations, and they are going to say something in a regular conversation. They don't even have to sit you down and prophesy over you or whatever. They just say something. Hey, you'd be a good preacher, you know that? And you didn't even know you did it. See, there's people whose lives you touch, you don't even do. We were in, uh, in the uh, 
we were going to an airport one time, and we were stopping at one place, can't remember what it was, going someplace else, and we ran in, and my cousin was there. Unbelievable. My cousin and his wife were there. So we're sitting there, and we're just talking to him, and we couldn't believe we ran into him. They're in Ohio. We're down here. What's the chances? You know, and all at once the, uh, they were talking. I said, how's things going? They're going good, you know, but we, you know, we always wanted we always wanted to have a kid. We just wanted to have a kid. We haven't been able to have a kid. We don't know what the problem is or whatever. And I looked at Becky, and Becky looked at me. I said, well, we've prayed over five people, and all five people had kids within the next year. And I said, can we pray for you? And they're not used to the, can I pray for you? <laughs> if you know what I mean. So we just laid hands on them. We said, baby, in the name of Jesus, praise God. And I mean, like two months later, the phone rings, and guess what? <laughs> baby coming. That's right, baby coming. Now, what was that? That was a Holy Ghost set-up thing that we didn't even know was a Holy Ghost set-up thing until probably a year later when we found out it was a Holy Ghost set-up thing. But all we were doing was in tune with the Spirit of God, studying the Word of God, progressing in the Word of God, and things happen. They're not really by accident, but to you, they're, they're by accident. I mean, you, you follow the kingdom of God's laws and how to do things and how to handle this and how to handle that. I mean, all we've done from day one is, is handled the laws of God when it comes to finances. We tithed and we tithe, and then we get our thing at the end of the year. It showed that we gave like $14,000 to the church, and I needed a new car. And if I just kept that $14,000, I could probably get a new car right now. And the next year would come along, then you gave sixteen. You think, oh, Jesus. Now I could have had a Rolls Royce. <laughs> and the years keep going by. Then all at once, things start to happen. Things you don't even know how they're going to happen. Things that don't. And I'll tell you, Hamashiach. The best time to be in the kingdom of God is when the world is falling apart. Because it's not a disaster for us. It's an opportunity many times for the people in the kingdom of God. If they'll just listen to the Holy Ghost, it opens opportunities in the financial realm, in the business realm, and many other realms in their life. It opens a thing as long as you don't freak out with everybody else who is freaking out. So we simple, obey the laws of God. Say, obey the laws of God. See, but most people don't spend time in here enough to know the laws of God. Now, come on. How are you going to obey the laws of God if you don't even know what the laws of God are? So what am I going to do? I studied the Word of God. I found out what I was supposed to do, what I was not supposed to do. Follow the laws, follow the laws. It's the same way in the natural realm. How many know? How many of you own a car? How many know the law of that car is it runs on gas? All right. Well, I may get up in the morning and say, I like orange juice better than gas. And I may go out to my car and I may dump a gallon of orange juice in that car and may try to start it up and it won't work. I can't go back to Ford or Toyota and say my car won't work. I broke the law. Are you following me? So I broke it. All I had to do was put gas in the car. Now watch. After I put gas in the car, I didn't have to intercede for 45 minutes that it would run. If you put gas in the car, it will It'll run. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. When you follow the laws of the kingdom of God, things start to line up with you. The kingdom gets involved, and many of the things you were chasing now will come and overtake you without you even knowing it at the time. So what am I doing? I just follow the laws. How many know if you've got a seed? There's, there's laws that go with that seed. What am I going to do with that if I wanted to grow? What am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to put it in the ground, ain't I? I might have to put a little water on the thing. It might have to get a little sun. How many know if you just do that, you don't have to pray about the seed growing. You don't have to worry about the seed growing. The seed will naturally grow. That's because the laws are in the seed. God's laws are already in you. They're already on the inside of you. That's why when you break the law, you end up in sickness and disease. Because this law of the kingdom of God is in your lungs, it's in your heart, it's in every single fiber of your being, it's in your bones. The Bible says the word of God will get into the marrow 
of your bones. What's it talking about? It's talking about who you are. God created you to be that way. God created you, and he gave you the laws by which you would function. I mean, you know, Adam and Eve had a law. Simply don't eat off the tree. And so they ate, and everybody says, well, God got mad at them. No, he didn't. They messed up. They broke the law. So when they broke the law, that happened. So I can take a seed. I can take it home. I can put it in the ground. I can water it. And I guarantee you, it'll come up out of the ground. How many know that's automatic? You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to do anything. You simply follow those. How about if I took a seed and I put it here on the stage today? Do you think it would grow? How about if I said, Do you think it would grow? How about if I said, Devil, come out of that seed in Jesus' name. Do you think it would grow? So what is it? Many times it's not the prayer problem. It's simply following the laws of God and how he told us to do things. And as you follow the laws of God, basically prosperity comes. Mary read this morning, when you tithe, praise God, what's going to happen? There's a result. The windows of heaven are open and God's going to pour in out a blessing you can't contain. And notice, when you can't contain it, that means it's time to give it to other people, not, not put it in three more banks. See, you've got enough already. My God, you've got enough that came in. Now there's other people that need it. So you're putting money out here. You're helping somebody here. You're doing something here. You're doing something here. And more comes in. You're doing something here. You're doing something here. We've been blessed over the last three or four months. We've been helping the people in Africa. They have been locked down now for almost three months. they got nothing coming in. The churches have been closed. There's a church there with that pastor that, that we're dealing with. There's seven other pastors in that area, and he's basically on the board with them. They've got nothing to give the people. The people have nothing. So we started giving from the church. We started giving from ourselves. We put some with the church, some with ourselves. We chewed it over there by MoneyGram or whatever that stuff is, and they chewed it over there to help them out. And every week he sends me then this big pile of stuff where they got sugar and rice and beans and whatever he bought with the stuff, and he shows them distributing out to the people who don't have anything at this time. They've got nothing at this time. Praise God. And since we started that, and we're, we've been giving, you know, I'll just say we've been giving like $400 from the church every couple weeks. So let's say we're giving eight, $800 a week from the church. We already give to Haiti. We already give to other places. This is above and beyond. Are you following me? What we usually give, 800 And every week I get the thing, and the bottom line went up. And every day I get it, and the bottom line went up. And every week I get the thing, and the bottom line went up. And every day I get it, and the bottom line went up. I'm saying, God, maybe we ought to give more to Africa. <laughs> Why? Because God is faithful, and his word's faithful. And by simply following the laws of God, you're going to find success in every single area of your life. But there's things that you need to learn how to do from the laws of God in this book right here in order for you to do that. And that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. Say, that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. Because it's that still small voice on the inside of you. And as you read the word of God, he brings to remembrance situations. When situations come, he'll bring that word that you already put inside of you telling you exactly what to do in that situation. Somebody comes up and starts calling you names and has a fit on you. And boy, how many know your flesh may rise up a little bit? Your feelings may get a little bit excited. And your emotions may get a little excited. And you want to give them the five members of fellowship. <laughs> but all at once, say all at once. All at once. On the inside of it comes this little voice. Bless them that curse you. And you go. It's not exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> not exactly what I feel like doing right now. But you find out if you obey that still small voice, it breaks something. Something happens. It breaks. Because the Bible says that love, how many times does it fail? Never fail. See, we quote that scripture. We know where it is. Yes, love never fails. But how many chances have we had to love someone and instead? 
Because it don't look like it's going to do any good. It doesn't look like it's going to work. But God created you. God knows you. God knows what you need to do because he gave you the product. And I'll tell you what, right now, we, if we buy something, if we last thing we got, I guess, was a new wash machine. Our wash machine broke down a while back, and I, they brought it in, and they brought a new wash machine, and they put it in for us and all that stuff. And on the top, they sat that big packet of stuff there, praise God. And, and I picked it up, and it says, please read this before you use the washer. And I threw it over there in the corner, and I put my clothes in, and I pushed the button. How many of you did that? Yeah. How many of you have ever read? No. You're going to be lying. I'm telling you right now if you put your hand up. Have ever read the total instructions to that thing of what to do and what not to do with that thing? We don't, do we? We think we know how it works. I mean, it says start. What you got to do is push the button. That should start it. See? And so once we start it and I find something else to put in, and the lid don't come up now anymore. The old lid used to come up. Now it won't come up for some reason. I can't. So I got to go back to the instructions. Oh, I got to push this button. Then the lid will come up. I can put the stuff in. What is it? It's, it's not the, I mean, it's not the wash machine's fault. I can't call GE and say, this wash machine doesn't work. It's no good. No, I just don't understand the laws that go with it. Well, there's a lot of people in the kingdom of God who's never even read any of the laws. See, it's more than just being a Christian and going to heaven. Heaven's just a byproduct. You were put here, basically, and you've been given the anointing so you can function here in the earth. You ain't going to need power when you get to heaven. There's nothing going on up there that needs deliverance. But down here, you've been given the authority and the anointing of God down here to operate in the realm that we're operating in right now, and it's been given you to make a difference here on the earth. You are fully equipped to live in this natural realm with what God has already placed on the inside of you. It's already in you. Don't let the devil talk about other things or other things. The Holy Ghost is the main thing, and every church prays and prays and prays for a visitation. Visit us, God. Visit us, God. But the Bible never calls you a visitation. It calls you a habitation. Big difference between being visited and being habitated. The habitation's on the inside. And don't pray for things you don't want. Oh, we want a move of God, move of God, move of God. God, God, move, 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 God, move, God, move, 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 move. And all at once he does. What is that, God? Stop, 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 stop. See, because everybody's got their different. If I asked all of you right now, what is a move of God to you? I'd probably get... 50 different answers in here. Well, I think it's this. Well, I think it's that. Well, I think it's this. Are you willing to have a move of God with what he thinks? What he wants to do in you. What he wants to change in you. And many of the things that he wants to do is get us out of our humanity and out of our prideful thinking and out of what we think should be done and just one day say, I don't know anything. Let me help you, Holy Ghost. I am stupid, and I don't know anything, and I want you to show me the kingdom. I want you to show me spiritual things. I want you to show me these things, and things will just happen in your life, and then other people aren't going to like you because they happen. You know, at that prayer meeting we did years ago, I mean, the, the power of God was so strong in that thing, and, and all we were doing was preaching the word a little bit, and we were singing a couple songs with a guitar that I don't know what key they were in, but they're even worse than the key I'm singing up here on Sunday mornings. <laughs> But still, people were hungry, people came, people wanted to move of God. And every time we stopped, there was a young lady who would move of God, move of God, move of God, move of God, move of God. And that was fine. Everybody wants a move of God. Well, basically, one time we were, we were preaching in a service, and, and I'm standing up there talking, and all at once, a uh, young man right over here, Vinny was with me at that time, way back then. And all at once, Vinny fell on the floor in the middle of my preaching and teaching and started laughing totally uncontrollable. I mean, this laugh, I don't know where it came from, but it was the loudest laugh I've ever heard in my life. And see, this had never happened before. Move of God, move of God, move of God. 
the chanting started to go down a little bit, the move of God. And how many know, for some reason, when the Spirit moves, it's contagious. You know, we think disease is contagious. So is the Holy Ghost. You get around somebody full of the Holy Ghost, and before long, you're going to run into something before it's over with. It's going to stir up on the inside of you what's always been on the inside of you, and it's going to make you desire things and make you want things. At first, it may scare you, but you'll come out of it. So he starts laughing. Other people start laughing. Everybody, half of them are looking at you like the devil just arrived. Uh, these, these people don't care. They can't do anything but laugh on the floor anyway uncontrollably and laugh. And we've never seen anything like this in that prayer meeting before. But shortly after that, there was a time when he was going to have back surgery, right? He was going to have back surgery, I think, for his lower back was messed up, and he came up. He didn't know whether to come up and pray or not, because at that time, I think he was afraid, afraid of me, basically, at that time, after what was going on. And he just started walking up. I don't think I ever got hands on him. He got pretty, up pretty far, fell down under the power of God, got up, never had to have surgery, was instantly healed by the power of God in the back. Now, in my opinion, I don't care how God does it. You understand? I don't care if he laughs and gets it, cries and gets it, does somersaults and, and gets it, uh, falls down, spits, whatever he does, praise God. As long as there's results there, I don't care how the Holy Ghost does it. And that taught me in my own life to allow the Holy Ghost to do whatever the Holy Ghost wanted to do in my life, even if it made me look like a fool. Yes, yes. A fool. See, most of us, we want to keep our dignity. That's right. I'm dignified. <laughs> I mean, how long was it before we finally did this? Come on. Started like this. Then it went to here. And one day, it went all the way up. Didn't it? And did you ever do that in a church where they don't do that? You'd have been better off cussing. You'd have been better off swearing and cussing than when you got the result you did when you just got in the worship. There you are. And you wake up and look, and every eye in the place is on you. And pretty soon you're going. Why is that? Because these are things that go beyond the natural mind of what's normally being done. So if you're doing the same things you've been doing now for 20 years, you need to change something. See? You can't do the same thing over and over again and expect some kind of different results that don't work that way. Yeah. Every day, 40 years, get up. Water my face. Right, right here. Go to work. Get to work. Work. Come on. Have some supper. Lay down. Go to bed. Get up. Breathe my teeth. Go. I mean, if you're doing that for 30 years, isn't it time to do something maybe a little bit different? Maybe get up 10 minutes earlier and actually read some word. Maybe pray in the Holy Ghost 10 minutes at the end of the day. Maybe do something different in your life to break that monotony that's there. Because how many of you know can get monotonous? It can be the same thing over and over and over. Everybody wants you to pray in the morning. I think that's good, but I think it's good to rotate it. Sometimes pray at night. Sometimes pray in the middle of the afternoon. You don't have to fathom it, do a place, unless you're not disciplined enough to do it all the time. Then you need to do something like that. So anyway, the power of God hits this prayer meeting, and basically I'm thinking, wow, this is cool. You know, I don't really know what's going on. I know I'm the, the guy here, and people are getting touched, people are getting healed, and it's cool. So we had our monthly meeting that we have, the board meeting. Say board. board. You know they call it board, don't you? <laughs> So we had the board meeting, and uh, the guy who runs the whole place got up and said, uh, we, had, we took a vote before we got here, which they should have waited for me to at least vote, wouldn't they? Give me a vote. <laughs> took a vote before you got here, before everything, and we decided that you need to stop that joy thing. I said, stop what thing? They said, the joy thing. 
I said, how can I stop the joy thing? I didn't start the joy thing. I was just preaching and it just started on its own. Well, we want you to stop it because some people don't like it and uh, they've already expressed their dislike to it and we'd like you to stop it. I said, well, I can't really stop it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and if it, if it does something, then it's going to do something, you know. So next week we got there and I got there and, you know, I, I'm not, not really in the ministry that long, so my head's spinning. I mean, I'm starting to think, is this right or wrong? Was that really, could have been the joy of the devil? Is devil healing people? You know how you get when you haven't really been in a position before and they're coming at you from all sides and, and you're excited at things you think are going good and all at once you find out they're not going good because everybody's getting mad or whatever. So the next meeting we had and I'm preaching along and just minding my own business and all at once there's a breakout of joy on the left side. And I didn't even want to look at it. So I said, people who act up in services don't bother me because I know how to block them out. So I look back there, and you know who it was? It was the wife of the leader. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I said, God's got this, brother. I'm telling you right now. He's got that. Boy, he smashed her one, and she was down on the floor rolling around laughing and screaming and hollering, and I'm going, <laughs> didn't say a word. I like to said, told you so. I told you so. And she came back the next week, had gone to the doctor. She had something wrong on the inside of her, and she was completely healed by the power and the joy of the Lord at that time. And you know what they wanted to do? Stop it. Didn't matter. Didn't even make a difference. Still wanted to stop it. Still wanted, didn't want it to be there. Still didn't think it was right. Still were to, Now, how, how much in the natural do you have to be when your own wife gets delivered to not understand that, that something took place there? But God is looking, I think, for radical people right now. He's looking for the crazies. He's looking for the peculiar people, the Bible says. Come on. A peculiar group of people. It don't have to be a whole lot of people. It's got to be some people who want to go further in the things of God and want to touch other people's lives and don't want the center stage, praise God. How many know we've got power by the anointing, but the Spirit's also there to build character on the inside of you? See, everybody wants the power. Everybody wants to deliver people. Everybody wants to see signs, wonders, and miracles. But the Holy Ghost is in there to teach you and guide you and show you how to have some character behind there. We don't need people with power and no character. They're dangerous. You might as well give your five-year-old kid a loaded shotgun. So character is the first thing. You need to have some character on the inside of you. You need to obey what the Word tells you to do. You need to love others when they don't love you. You need to forgive others when they don't forgive you. You need to bless others when they're cursing you. You need to just be what the Word of God tells you to be, praise God, and follow the laws of God in every situation of your life. But in order to do that, you're going to have to read the manual. This is one manual you cannot skip and live like you're supposed to live because things in here are different. The Bible says it's better for you to enter the kingdom of God and live in it with one eye than not get in. With one leg than rather get in. He's showing you the natural things are not that important. And then even in our minds, you know, when I first, when I first got into this and I wanted to see signs, wonders, and miracles, I was hoping to see someone in a wheelchair. Oh, just show me somebody in a wheelchair. I'm going to raise them up. Hallelujah. I'm zoned in. Whenever anybody would come, I'd go there and I'd lay hands on them and I'd pray for them and I'd and there's one time I prayed for them and I said God they didn't get up out of the wheelchair but I just feel like they're healed because I prayed for them or whatever and he said son they're further along spiritually than you are right now yourself and if anything they should have been praying for you See, I'm looking at the now. Always looking at the natural. Always looking at the natural. I looking. I didn't know the guy was full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, full of the glory. Probably knew more about it than I did. And there I am trying to help him. 
And I just should have said, what do you know? Maybe you can help me. So he said, there's such a thing as being crippled in the spirit. Not just in the natural realm. And what is that? That's lies that have been sown into your heart and into your mind that you're still believing those lies. And it's only the truth that breaks them out of your life. Every place you're in bondage in your life right now is not a lack of power. Every place you're put in bondage right now is you're believing a lie. Yes, that's right. I can't do it. I'm no good. I'm powerless. I can never do that. It's never going to work for me. I'll never have any money. And that's because people have been telling you that your whole life. But that's a lie of the devil, man. You can't find that in here. It doesn't say anything about you being a liar, a cheater, a stealer. It tells you about being more than a conqueror. It tells me that I'm raised and seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world to come. It says that I've got a place where I've got the power of God on the inside of me. And basically, it doesn't tell me to get the anointing. It tells me that I have it. It don't even tell you to get faith. It tells you you have it. Well, as soon as I get some, I'm going to use it. Okay. When are you going to know when you got it? Well, maybe I'll get a feeling. Ooh. Goosebump will hit me. Ooh, there it is. I've got it. No. You just got to believe what the Word says. If the Word says you have an anointing, let me tell you, you have an anointing. If the Word says you do this and this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Do you see? And you just got to take the Word as it is because not many people are doing that. And they'll call you radical when you actually believe this Word because they'll explain it away as much as they can possibly explain it away. And they've always got something. I mean, the devil's good at watering down, washing down everything. Hallelujah. I recently had an opportunity to, uh, I guess we're not going to get to this this morning. <laughs> I recently was on Facebook, and uh, I've got an uncle who basically was a priest at one time, that he left the priesthood, got married, and then he had a stroke, but he came out of a stroke, and now he's back up in Ohio, and he's older than I am, so he doesn't really do a whole lot of Facebooking, but he happens to be on Facebook, and love the guy. He's just one of the greatest guys I've ever met. And he put on Facebook the other day about being liberals and basically what some of them believe rather than what the radical liberals believe, you know. And there were some good points and some bad points or whatever. At the end, I just wanted to comment on him, and I just said, you know, personally in my heart, I cannot vote for a party that supports, pays for, condones, or approves of murdering innocent babies up until the day that they're born. And I said, no problem, just my heart and just my view. And I didn't hear anything for a while because to me, that's almost undisputable. I don't know how you, in my mind, I don't know how you can dispute that, you know, killing a baby before it's born or whatever. So anyway, I finally got something back. I think it was yesterday or the day before. He wrote back and he said, you know, I've been pondering this back and forth now for quite some time. He said, but I think I, I heard what, what to do. He said, I've discovered that the Republican Party, although they call themselves pro-life, they're not pro-life because so far there's been about 140,000 people die of this epidemic that's going around. He said they're not pro-life, they're pro-birth. They're pro-birth because we want people to be born, see? But according to him, re Republicans are the ones killing all the other 133,000 who are out there who's had sickness and disease. So we are not the pro-life party, we're the pro-birth birth party. And I looked at that and I said, explain that to me, would you? And she had trouble explaining it. And then you know, all these things start running through your mind. Boy, I'd like to, I don't type fast, but I could type some stuff back right now. But you know, the Lord said, just leave it go. You threw a seat out there. Take a breath. Don't want to start World War IV, especially on Facebook, you know, or any of that stuff. But that, that just shows you that people's minds, and we're not blaming the people, we're blaming the devil who blinds the minds of them who believe not. 
in their life who have confused them and got them to obey the lie and not get in the word of God and not get delivered because Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed and you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. free where? In every area of your life, in your financial life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in every single thing, praise God. The truth is in here and it will set you free. So if I'm going to follow the anointing, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to obey the laws of God. If the book tells me to do something, I'm going to do it whether it makes sense, don't make sense, not make sense. And we've been doing it now for over 30 years. And let me tell you, the fruits of it are unbelievable as you get gone into stuff. You know what it's like not to have to worry anymore in your life? Not to have one more worry or one more fear in your entire life. Do you know what that's like? I'll never forget, I was walking about three years ago and I was in J.C. Penney. Is that still there? Keeps coming and going, I don't know. I was in J.C. Penney, and I was looking for T-shirts. I'd gone through T-shirts, and I pulled out this one T-shirt, and it had on it, no more bad days. I thought, wow, that is a nice T-shirt there. I didn't care what color it was. I didn't even care if it fit. I bought that thing, and I put that thing on, no more bad days. And you should see people. Well, you might have a bad day. <laughs> There's no saying you won't have a bad day. Whether you wear a shirt or not doesn't tell whether you have a bad day. And I thought, dear God. I could have put, you're going to hell. And they said, praise God. <laughs> so I'm getting my line for wearing a no more bad days t-shirt because everybody wants to have a bad day. But let me tell you right now with what God has given you, you don't ever have to have a bad day again because you, have a, you, you can choose whether you have a good day or a bad day every day. You have authority to make that choice in your life. There are no losers in the kingdom of God. There's only choosers. And if you're choosing the wrong thing and unsuccessful in the kingdom of God, it's not because God ain't helping you, not because God doesn't love you, not because God doesn't care for you. It's because you're making the wrong choices and getting yourself in trouble. But I'll tell you what the good thing is, even if you take a side street, he'll bring you back. Praise God. Hallelujah. He'll put your old car in reverse and back you right up to the road that you need to be on and gone in the right direction. Praise God. And down the road, you will go 100 miles an hour again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you've got the Holy Ghost. Say, I've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Now you've got to start listening for that still small voice. You've got to let the Holy Ghost lead you. And you're never going to be led by the Holy Ghost until you spend some time in this book. Because this is the voice of God. The Holy Ghost will never tell you anything that's not in line with this book. If that is, that's not the Holy Ghost. So I've got to know what's in here in order to know if it's a Holy Ghost voice or just a million voices out there. That's where confusion comes from because you're getting all these voices and you don't know which one of them's right. Well, this will tell you which one is right. And you just obey this word and go forth. Because there's people in here who are called to greatness. Every one of you in called to greatness. I don't care who you are, where you at. Sit back row, front row, side row. Don't make any difference. Come for worship. Come late. Don't come at all. Don't make any difference. Because God has called each and every one of you to some kind of greatness in this day and in this hour. God needs you. He does. He needs you. But you're going to have to pursue him somewhat to do it. Praise God. You're going to have to go after the word of God and after the things of God. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. It's a good time to be alive whether you believe it or not. God has something for you to complete by the end of the year. By the end of this year. Don't worry about next year. Don't worry about 10 years from now. Just from now to the end of the year, what does God want you to do? Does he just want you to spend more time in his word, more time in prayer? Does he want you to go to a neighbor, basically, and do some ministry there? What does he want you to do for the next six months of this year? That's all you've got to be concerned with. What do you want me to do, God? I'll go ahead and do it. Maybe he wants you to pray more, read more, listen to more tapes. Maybe he might even want you to come to Wednesday nights. You never know. You never know. God might tell you to do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Because there's good word under there. It's a whole hour worth of word that'll help change your life. Praise God, it's changing mine. If nobody showed up, I'd preach it to myself because it's helping me. I'd have to stop and yell amen myself a couple times because nobody's there, but I could do that anyway. It didn't make any difference. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, you know where we were gone. I wasn't especially headed that way, but that's fine. Thank you for what you've placed on the inside of me that I can bring out to the people. I thank you that everybody in here received exactly what they needed this morning. Each individual person got what they needed this morning. And it's going to charge on the inside of them a revival fire so that they listen to your voice, hear it, and start pursuing their destiny in this day and in this hour. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in Treasure Coast Victory Center. Thank you for this time and this hour and this place and everything that you've done for us up to now. And I thank you the future looks brighter and brighter and better and better. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right. Praise God. To hear more dynamic words, go to mytcbc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.